The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Master Jose Jandok, and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, Channel 9 in Los Angeles, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KCSG, Channel 8 of St. George, Utah, parts of Atlanta, Wyoming, Arizona. From 11 to 12 a.m. on station KZBY TV, Channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time on the Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information about our church and for your Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, Please visit the website at JesusComingZone.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. Our landmark in Kahili for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Blockham in August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late Chief Pastor William Ewan Sr in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in hospitals and convalescent homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray for you, please don't hesitate to call the number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin our telecast this morning, our church choir under the direction of choir director Emilia Hahn We'll sing this upbeat number entitled, I Shall Not Be Moved. When we abide in the Lord daily and anchor ourselves to Him, He helps us to stand firm on His promises of eternal life. The choir is accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Puhako Kara on the organ. Please join in and sing along with our choir following the words on your screen. Glory, hallelujah. 
church band under the direction of head pastor William Amon Jr. will play an inspiration rendition of the song, Speak to My Heart.
Coming up next is Shirley LeBay, who will sing the song entitled, Whisper a Prayer. The Lord surely is only a prayer away, someone whom you can call upon day or night in the hour of need. Sherilyn is accompanied by Head Pastor William Owen Jr. on the piano, Associate Pastor Trustee Edwin Smith Sr. and Mason Masano on the guitars, and Associate Pastor Marvel Devane on the bass. For their final song, the church choir will sing, Abide in Me. As we continue to strive to walk and talk with the Lord daily and abide in His Word, He will help us to make the right choices in all that we do. Thank you, Jesus, that we have Him in our lives as a constant guiding light.
And now we call upon Paul Kalkara, who played the instrumental number entitled, Be Thou My Vision on the Banjo. The next musical selection will be sung by Mason Asano and Tracy Asano, who will bring forth this uplifting rendition of Joy Unspeakable. This morning's song is dedicated to Miss Dorothea Baker. May the Lord bless you most abundantly, pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a wonderful and joyous day. I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. 
I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing. I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well, springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. All the half has never yet been told. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm trustee and associate pastor Edmunds Sproat Sr. And I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental U.S. for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts will now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGL, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station, KCSG Channel 8 of St. George, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, and Arizona. From 11 to 12 midnight on station, KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, Please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii. Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. And divine healing services at 7 p.m. 
Sunday School for All Ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamakee Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kaunakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth <clears throat> M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Aspera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Aspera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however. If you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Associate Pastor Jose Jandok, who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Jose? Thank you, Edwin. Today, telecast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live, with violence and aggression in our so-called own backyards, and such sordid events occurring as drive-by shootings in residential areas and public parks, resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terroristic bombings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to partake of today's TV sermon entitled, Clumb the Steps with Jesus. I caution you, don't reject the word of God, and above all, don't reject the Lord. Hopefully in due time, others will be able to see Jesus in you, rather than merely you in you. Always bear in mind, many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to spend eternity in paradise with the Lord, then you want to be among the chosen. Let us begin with the sermon. It is God's desire that all people come unto him in full repentance and receive his salvation, full and free. Those who respond and obey his command will be blessed bountifully, spiritually, materially, physically, and even financially. The soul who rejects and rises up against the Lord shall be devoured by the sword and there shall be no remedy for his tragic end. Do we dare provoke the Lord to jealousy? Do we dare contend our strength is greater than his? God forbid. He has the power to save, the power to devastate, the power to heal, the power to curse, the power to overcome, and the power to bless. I invite you to partake in today's message, and I pray that by the end, by the conclusion of this sermon, you'll be encouraged to seek the Lord whose powers are limitless and can sustain you in every way. Now, God said that David was a man of his own heart. We all know that his life was not perfect. 
But we know that he loved God with all the fervor of his soul. He had one great ambition. He wanted to build a temple for the Lord. He kept the dream alive in his heart down through the years. He was getting along in years, and he realized he didn't have many days on the earth. God spoke to him and said, David, it is good you had a dream in your heart to build a house for me. But you have been a warrior, a man of blood. You will not build a temple, but your son Solomon will build it in your stead. We read in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God had chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And David said, Before I die, I want to make an offering for the building so that the work will, so will go on after I am dead. We read in the third verse, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Then David said to the people in the fifth verse, Who then will consecrate this, his service this day unto the Lord? In other words, he meant, Who will join me in this offering? The people responded nobly, as we read in the ninth verse. Then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Listen to David's prayer of praise, which I think is one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible. We read from the 10th verse to the 13th verses. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Thus, we see that the king and his people gave up this somethings with sincerity and singleness of heart and gave willingly, not of necessity. Consecration and joy are close companions. The word consecrate means to set apart for God's use and God's service. This is one of the highest steps in the Christian life. The first step is salvation. The religious world is all mixed up on the matter of salvation. Instead of looking to the Bible, they look to their own wisdom and knowledge. Some people say that all men are the children of God, which is true. But to be a child of God, one must be born again. Many say they don't need salvation. They don't need the experience of conversion. They say that it was not necessary for Christ to come and die upon a cross. Instead, all of us are saved anyway. If such were the case, then this theory does away with all Bible truths. Some people say that 
we are saved by joining a church or going through some kind of religious ceremony. They make the church the savior. Yet the Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Some people say they are saved by good works. They think of salvation as a ladder and that every gift of God did adds another rung to it. They hope to climb this ladder to heaven. We read in Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is the love and kindness of God our Savior toward men. It does not concern the works of righteousness, which we have done. Now what is involved in the matter of, right, of salvation? First, salvation indicates our lost condition. This is the condition of all men without Jesus Christ. He that believeth not the Son is condemned already. You look at yourself in the mirror, TV viewers, and you say, you are terrific. There are many others worse than you. That may be true, but the fact still remains that without Jesus, one is yet eternally lost. Read in John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Salvation indicates the consciousness of that lost condition. This is, this is what is meant by conviction. The sinner must realize that he is lost. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, our righteousness is as filthy as rags in the sight of God. No one is ever saved until he realizes that he is lost. No man is saved as long as he holds unto his sin. One must put his faith in Jesus as Savior. A man loves a woman. He believes that she is a fine woman and will make him a good wife. But she does not become his wife until he stands before the minister and receives her as his wife. Yes, TV viewers, you can believe everything wonderful about Jesus, but you are not saved until you receive him as your personal savior, master, and Lord. In the city of Jericho, there lived a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a rich man. He earned his money by collecting taxes for the Roman government and keeping a large percentage of it for himself. One day Jesus came to the city. Zacchaeus had heard about the Savior and wanted to see him. Being too short to see Jesus above the heads of the crowd, he climbed a sycamore tree. When Jesus came along, he stopped under the tree and invited Zacchaeus to come down. Zacchaeus came down and received Jesus gladly. Like Zacchaeus, we must come down from our pride to the level of Jesus. We read Luke 19, verses 8 to 10. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. You see, by Mosaic law, five oxen have to be restored for one wrongly taken and four sheep 
for one sheep. Zacchaeus, as a tax gatherer for the Romans, was hated by the Jews. But he observed the Hebrew standards of rectitude. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he is also a son of Abraham, for the smallest son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, Zacchaeus turned from his sin to receiving Jesus as his Savior. The greatest experience in life is the experience of conversion. Yes, viewers, you come to realize that your sins have been forgiven. You realize that you are no longer a child of Satan, but a child of God. You realize that you are not on the road to hell, but you are on the road to a heavenly home. And how do you accomplish this? The answer is simple. Being born again, of course. Jesus tells us in John 1, 14, I mean John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, for no man cometh to the Father but by me. And in John 6, verse 37, And him that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. He was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and probably of great faith, great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the world did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But joy, happiness, and peace seemed to always elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sickness and all diseases. Thus, under the cover of the darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus and said to him in John 3, 2, No man can do these miracles that are doers, except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. And Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry, hurt-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that, would, that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To then Jesus Christ would say, you're seeking for salvation in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of heaven and earth will be yours. Jesus said, as we read in John 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, viewers, you may see many wonderful things in the world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the new Jerusalem unless you've been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you'll never see the land which is far fairer than they unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you have been born again. Jesus said, 
You must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. We read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38, which says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. Listen to Acts 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was praying in the upper, upper room. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, she too received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery dots? Now, viewers, the second step upward is a step of separation. By separation, I mean that there are some places to which a Christian cannot go. There are some things which a Christian cannot do. If you are a Christian, then the world is looking at you, and they need to see you, a difference in you. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The best witness to the world is the life we live, free of sin. A true born-again Christian has a position to maintain in order to win souls for Jesus, as we read in Proverbs 11:30, And he that winneth souls is wise. A trucking company had a certain sign on this gate. Every worker saw this sign as he entered. The sign bore the words, Beyond this gate, you are the company. Therefore, to the born-again Christian, the words are, Beyond the doors of the church, you are the church. You are representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Therefore, be careful how you live when you go out. It is not enough to go to church regularly and contribute your substance. Jesus ought to rule your everyday life and keep your feet on the right path. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 17 to 18, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath unrighteousness with, un with righteousness, and what communion had light with darkness. Wherefore, come out of them among them, and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The underlying principle is that in the moral universe, it is impossible for God to fully bless and use his children who are in compromise or complicity with evil. The poet said, the world is too much with us. Yes, we are too much with the world, doing what the world does, going where the world goes, and indulging in the same practices. Television viewers, if you are a child of God, then you must build a fence between the world and yourself.
Once you're on the right side of that fence, don't judge others. Don't be critical of their lives. Don't think you're better than they are. But quietly and effectively, take your stand by the side of Jesus. Live a sweet, wholesome, consecrated, happy, separated Christian life. The third upward step is the step of consecration. We read in Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and accepted will of God. What part does conflict play in spiritual growth of a believer? Various kinds of temptations, conflicts, produce spiritual maturity. Every Christian has a desire to grow up into spiritual maturity. Many assume that the Word of God will perfect the Lord's image in them in a gradual, flawless way. This could not be further from the truth. It is in the heat of the battle, the battering produced by conflict, that a soldier develops the highest quality of acceptability before Jesus Christ. The believer who resists conflict resists Christ, and his time is the possibility of spiritual growth. As in James 1, verses 2 to 3, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It is not hard to find Christian men who are willing to succeed, but few of those who will accept failure as an equal part of the God's plan. Many people hope to sit under the tree of ease and success, and as far as possible from the conflicts of life. What a Christian should do is welcome times of adversity as opportunities for spiritual growth. As James 1 verse 12 tells us, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. God deserves praise and thanks for every trial, for it is this that produces childlikeness. So who authors the conflicts we go through daily? Does God send forth adversities? Do illness and death find their source in heaven? Never. God is not the author of evil. Satan alone is the source of all which is bad. However, God does lower the edge or barrier of protection of his children, allowing Satan's darts to be hurled. Why? To pump trust and reliance on his grace. A good thought to keep in mind is that God chastens whom he loves. In consecration, there should be a dedication of time. Give thought to this strange paradox in modern life. We have more time-saving devices than ever before, but less time for God. Make time for God, and he will make time for you. God is always on time. He's never too early or too slow, and neither too late or too fast. There should be time to pray, time for the Bible, and time for the church. No man ever became a great Christian by dropping into church once a year or once a month and favoring God with one hour, one hour of his time. The last step is a step of glorification. Retracting the steps, there is salvation, then separation from the, Lord, from the world, followed by dedication, and the end of the way is glorification. A song goes thusly, He will give me grace and glory. Another song says, 
Oh, that will be glory for me. When his grace, I shall look on his face, that will be glory for me. Yes, Jesus promises to share his heavenly glory with all of those who put their trust in him. On the Isle of Patmos, God pulled back the curtains of eternity and showed John all the glories of heaven. We read in Revelation 21.1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The Apostle Paul tells us that while God once cleansed the former earth with water, he will cleanse it once more by fire. Sin will be destroyed by fire. And the new earth will simply be malted and remade, where sin will never enter. Read verses 2 and 4. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned with her husband. And God shall wipe away all tears from the eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. We also read in Revelation 22, verses 1 to 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bare twelve men of fruits, and yielded the fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were the for healing of the nations. This tree, which was kept from man after he sinned, will now be given back to redeemed, to the redeemed. It is interesting to compare the books of Genesis and Revelations to see how many things and persons have the beginning in Genesis and their end or fulfillment in Revelations. This is just a brief description of the new paradise that God has prepared for those who will obey his commandments. Therefore, TV viewers, wouldn't you like to climb the steps of Jesus one step at a time? Then at the end of the way, you will find glory and joy of heaven for which you will have been waiting. If you'd like to know more about God's word, our church, or review our telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Thank you very much for being part of us. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Associate Pastor Jose Jandak, expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep all of you in the hollow of his hands. In closing our program for this morning, we call upon our church band to play a song entitled, Bring Them In.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.